friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Girl Means Business podcast. I am so glad that you're here this week. Thank you for joining us. If you are new to the podcast, I want to say welcome, and I'm so excited to have you here. If you've been listening for a while, thank you so much for tuning in, for your support, and for joining me here each week as we navigate our way through life, business, motherhood, and all the things. I am so excited because our guest today is Kelly Travis. Kelly is a health and success coach. She's helping ambitious, high-achieving women realize that they don't have to should their way through success in life or business. Through her programs and speaking, Kelly helps women realize what they actually want for themselves, ditching limiting beliefs and excuses and creating sustainable action plans to achieve their big, scary goals. Her brave, sassy, and always approachable coaching style encourages women to take a cold, hard look at their habits, mindset, boundaries, and everything that goes into creating a life on their terms. She has an extensive background in health and counseling, is a graduate of the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, where she earned her certificate as a holistic health coach and an accredited integrative Enneagram practitioner. Her passion for empowering others to reach their goals started in college, where she was a collegiate All-American runner at UNC Charlotte and earned her Bachelor of Science in Public Health from Central Michigan University. This lady is a powerhouse, and she is bringing the heat today. I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation around goal setting and planning and just the balancing of what you should be doing in life in this business versus what you actually need to be doing. So, Without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Kelly. All right, guys, I am here with Kelly Travis this week. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am staying as warm as I possibly can today, but it's good. Uh (laughs) Well, I am so excited that you're here. I know we're kicking off a new year, hopefully a better year, knock on wood. Um, (laughs) and we are all ready to kind of hit reset and start fresh. So I'm excited to chat with you today, but before we get into all of the fun nitty gritty stuff, tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do and sort of your journey to get to where you are today. Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me, Kendra. I'm excited about this conversation too. I think we all need it, right? Myself included. As far as my journey and who I am, it kind of all started, right? It all kind of starts when we're younger. And for me, one of the pivotal moments that really shifted the trajectory of where I would land is when I was in college. Um, I'm a competitive athlete. I was on scholarship um, as a runner in college. And in running, it's a lot like gymnastics or some of those other sports, women are really criticized for their body and asked to lose weight in order to perform better. And I had one of those jackass coaches. I don't know if you can swear. Go for it. You do you. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he would come up behind me, you know, before practice, grab the back of my arm and say, Travis, you got some fat back there. Like, you know, all kinds of stuff. He would really get on us. I never really had issues with my body, 
until that point, I mean, I come from a long line of women who have issues. And so I w- it's already in, like, in me, but it didn't really come out until that point. And I was doing really well in college. Um, but what happened was he literally created a contract for me to lose weight, promised me all these things. I was a perfectionist, a people pleaser, super ambitious, had my sights on the Olympics. And I thought, well, okay, if this means I'm going to be faster and stronger, okay. Long story short, uh, my sophomore year after um, nationals, which I had qualified for, finished as an All-American, I had to drop out of college. I um, was admitted to the hospital with a severe eating disorder, hooked up to a pick line, like the whole nine yards. Um, and for anybody who doesn't understand eating disorders, it's really an emotional and mental health issue. It's much like an addiction. It's considered an addiction. I was actually on a psych ward. That's where they treat you. Um, and it was one of those moments where I thought, you know, if I can move through this, if I can get out of this and, and change things for myself, then one day I want to work with women and I want to help them with how they feel about themselves and what their life looks like. I had no idea what that was going to look like. Um, and when I finally got healthy and when I say healthy, more physically healthy, the mental part took a long time. Um, I went back to school, studied public health, specialized in mental health and addictions, did all of it. And then when I got out of school, I ended up in social work for a few years because what I wanted to do wasn't actually available to me at the time. And then I moved and ended up in publishing in corporate America and climbing the ladder. And I really, in that time, lost my identity. I no longer was this, you know, star athlete. I was now like this really, I just threw myself into my career, which was then my identity. And when we talk about goals, I was going after stuff that I thought I was supposed to do, what was expected. I was climbing the ladder. I became the publisher of a major you know, um, publishing company, the magazine arm. I was really good at what I did because I'm competitive and I just want to be the best. I'm an achiever on the strengths finder. <laughs> um, but I wasn't happy. And I found myself really recognizing like I was not taking care of myself. I was training for the Olympic trials again. Like I had all this stuff I was doing. So on the outside, it looked like I had it all together. On the inside, I was a hot mess. And then I found myself pregnant with my first son. I was in an abusive relationship. I was in tears on the floor of my bathroom. (laughs) And it was kind of the first major wake up call for me in this long line of, you know, transitions um, and transformation. And so that was really the catalyst for me to start to do some things for myself, really question, like, whose goals are you chasing? How are you taking care of yourself? Like, why are you stepping into these relationships that are not healthy? Um, and, you know, I'd love to say that it was this perfect, like eye opening. I left the guy and I had the baby and then I did all the things. It didn't work that fast. Um, I had another kid (laughs) and it was during those moments, uh, that I really did the work and I had some health issues that really pushed me to circle back to what I had started with. 
um, all that damage I did in my, you know, when I was 19, 20, 21 really showed up again after I had my kids. So I went back and, and did more studying and certifications, um, left the guy when my youngest was a year and my oldest was three and started my business. And here we are. Wow. What an amazing story. And I, there's so much in there that like, I feel like we could just kind of veer off in these conversations, but, um, I love anything involving sort of like mental health and understanding like how we process things and how we do things. And I've always said, if I were to go back to school, I want to go into like psychology or, Mm -hmm. um, something in the mental health field, just because I think it's so fascinating, you know, just the way our brains work and how much power they have over us. Um, and so, yeah, and I think that there's, there's so little that we understand about it as a, as a norm, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not really commonly talked about, but it's a huge part of all of our lives. And it's something that we're not really acknowledging a lot of times, you know, we talk about emotions, but we don't talk about the, the mental, mental side of it and the the impact it has the lasting impact too. Cause clearly in your life, you know, all these little things that, you know, have led you to where you are, they all fit together. And I think in everybody's life, you can kind of trace the breadcrumbs breadcrumbs back (laughs) to those moments. We all have it, right. There's like that small trauma that people Mm -hmm. experience and it just kind of, you know, adds up. And it shows up physically, mentally, emotionally in so many ways. And it's not even trauma that you would label as trauma sometimes, you know, and in your case, it was obviously it was landed you in in a hospital. But, you know, I look back and I had a a really great childhood, but there's going to be there's little things in there that are little traumas that I don't realize had an impact on my life until you start unpacking that later on. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you talked a lot about the like what you thought you should be doing. Yes. And I think for women, especially in, and kind of going on a tangent, I had this question asked of me the other day, you know, well, why do you focus on women? Why is your podcast, you know, girl means business and why is everything you do about women and why not include men in that men have the same questions and, and you know, same issues. And I'm like, because it's not always the same. And no. I think that it's okay to say that we need to focus on the ways that we are different and the ways mm-hmm. that we as women go through life differently than men and the to be able to have those conversations. And yeah. so I think that it goes along the lines of there are different expectations, I guess is a good word. There are different expectations yep. that are placed on us and that we place on ourselves than men have in their lives. And so exactly. I know that's something you talk a lot about with women too. So let's kind of get into what it is that you help women do and, and where do you want to start in this conversation? Where do you think is a good place to, to jump off? Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, 
but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. Well, I love that you brought that up, the difference between men and women, because there is a difference, right? Yes, Yes, men have struggles and insecurities and and pressures, but it's different. It looks different. I mean, we could go on and on about the patriarchy and society and the expectations, but we won't waste our time (laughs) with that right now. Not a waste of time. It just would take a long conversation. We all know. (laughs) Yes, we can recognize that that exists and we can do something about it, right? It's, we don't have to be stuck. We don't have to follow all the rules. We don't have to shoot ourselves to death, right? Which is what we do as women. Like, well, I'm supposed to follow this conventional path and this is what it's looked like and this is what is expected and this is what will people like want me to do and they'll like me if I do this. You know, there's all this people pleasing crap and all that stuff. And what I learned and I find that most of the women I work with are facing is they are successful and they are ambitious. And on the outside, like me, it all looks great, but underneath it, they're not taking care of themselves. Health and well-being is a mess, right? And they're not fulfilled because they're chasing goals that they don't actually want. It's what they think that they should want, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that does a lot of damage to us internally, right? It causes a lot of anxiety. It causes a lot of overwhelm. And I don't want folks to have to live that way because I know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And so the work that I do is really to say, yes, you are successful. That's great. But is this what you really want? And when I work with folks to set goals, we don't think about the actual goal itself, we identify how we want to feel first. Because Hmm. the way we set goals, the way we're taught to set goals is completely ass backwards. We do it based on what's next, right? If it's in our career, it's what's next on the ladder. If it's in a relationship, it's, well, what comes after this stage, right? If it's our health, it's whatever the people in the health and fitness industry are telling us we should be doing, right? We don't make any choices. We learn to, we actually end up not trusting ourselves because we think everybody else has the answer for us. And it makes me crazy. (laughs) Um, So if we actually slow down, which makes people uncomfortable, right? Like you said, we have to like actually acknowledge how we feel and what we're thinking and acknowledge like, actually, this is not making me happy. Like, yeah. this is not what I want. That's a hard thing to face, right? Especially if you're like 40, 50, 60, and you're like, well, I've been doing this for so long. It's not too late, right? And so acknowledging how you want to feel, whether it's you want more freedom or you want security or you want more joy or 
you know, whatever that is, peace. And then identifying what goal, what thing is going to allow you to feel that way. Okay. So I have a couple of questions along the way here. Um, yeah. Or just, and some, some of them are just like thoughts. I love when you said that we've gotten away from learning to trust ourselves, that we try to, we rely on everybody else to tell us what to do. Yes. And I think that is such a powerful statement. So I just kind of want to reiterate that again, that like we have to get back to trusting that we know what's best for us, that it's not mm-hmm. about what everybody else thinks. And a perfect example, I think has been through this whole like pandemic and quarantine, you know, everybody had an opinion about how everybody else should be yes. experiencing this thing we were all going through. And I know for me, I hit a low point when it came to deciding whether or not my oldest daughter was going to go back to school in person because mm-hmm. our school allowed us the option of choosing in person or online. Okay. And everybody had their opinion. Everybody wanted yep. to tell me, well, you should do this, or have you thought about this, or what about this risk, or what about that? And it was almost so loud that I could not listen to my own voice. And it resulted yep. in me like, in a ball on the floor in my closet crying as when my husband came home one day and he was Why like, are we always in the closet or in the bathroom crying? Those are the, the two places. Only place to get away. <laughs> um, and so, I, and I, you know, and I, I had to kind of get away and take a little mental break and, and really start to like quiet those other voices so that I could listen to my own voice. Yes. And again, like you said, I kind of got mad at myself. I was like, why, why am I so quick to listen to everybody else and hush my own voice Mm -hmm. when that's the only one that really matters. But I get, you know, I mean, there's so many layers to that, you know, the whole like wanting to please people and, you know, not go against the grain or not rock the boat kind of thing. But, um, so that kind of leads me to my question. If you know, you're talking about really focusing on how we want to feel and, you know, what do we want, I guess, emotionally for our future to look like? So how, how do we get to that point or how do we figure that out? Because I think a lot of women who are sort of doing the day-to-day rat race of things, whether it is the monotony of you get up, you deal with your kids, you clean the house, you do laundry, you work on your business, you work out, you do all these things. You're kind of just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And so we're not used to tuning into what is it that we are feeling? How do we determine what it is that we're feeling or what we want to be feeling? Um, And how do we separate what we're feeling in a moment versus how we feel overall? Yeah. It's such a good question. And it is a challenge, right? So this is not easy right? Um, I always say that I'm not going to tell folks what to do, which is what so many coaches, online business people, they just want to tell you what to do and then you follow it, right? There's no quick fixes in doing this the right way. Mm -hmm. And it requires slowing down, which is, as to your point, really hard. Um, We're on autopilot for a reason. And the reason is it helps us avoid how we're actually feeling, right? Because if we slow down and we actually have to listen to what's going on, it might terrify us. It Mm -hmm. likely will terrify us because the brain's job is to protect us, right? And so anything that feels scary or like a challenge or a change, the brain's like, yeah, no, here's a list of excuses because I would rather be comfortable than you go and change things. 
And so that's why we tend to just stay where we're at and stay stuck because that brain is kind of like, um, if you go out there, a cheetah is going to attack you and you'll be dead. Right? <laughs> like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Primitive brain, right? Uh-huh. And so to answer your question, we've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and quiet a lot of the outside things and really tune into how we're feeling right now, which depending on what's going on when this drops, right? We could be really excited because maybe we're allowed to be outside again, (laughs) or, you know, we might still be in this quarantine type phase where we feel a lot of other things, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have to start with recognizing where we're at right now, right? And I think that what's also important to note is that we can have a really wide range of emotions sometimes at the same time, right? There's this thing called, um, you know, um, it's where we can think two opposing things or feel two opposing things at the same time. Like that's happening a lot right now. Um, And so, you know, if we can get honest with ourselves and let's say you're feeling overwhelmed and unfulfilled and really stressed out, then maybe the goal is to find peace and calm and, you know, security, right? Like, what is that? And the only way we can identify how we want to feel in the future is to know how we're feeling now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, photographers, are you ready to make 2024 your best year yet? Growing a business is tough. You're following all the successful photographers and experts, soaking up their best advice and downloading all their free guides, trying to replicate their success only to come up lacking, blaming yourself when their methods don't work for you. But the truth is, it isn't you. Free content and one-size-fits-all courses can only get you so far. What you need is personalized help and guidance, but that can get expensive. Well, not anymore. I've created the perfect solution to get you personalized results for less than $2 a day. Introducing the Focus Photographer Lab, a one-of-a-kind coaching membership that gets you one-on-one results for a fraction of the cost of traditional coaching. Inside the lab, you'll find the three C's to success, classes, coaching, and community. With classes, you gain access to a treasure trove of pre-recorded trainings and invaluable resources. With coaching, you get monthly live trainings and Q&A sessions, along with my favorite part, the weekly one-on-one office hours, where we get to address your unique questions and challenges. And then there's the community, where you get to connect with an amazing group of talented female photographers who share your passion, supporting each other and inspiring each other to greatness. The best part is it doesn't come with an expensive one-on-one coaching price tag. You get all of that for just $47 a month. You can even try it for free for 14 days to make sure it's a good fit for you. And there is no contract and no obligation you can cancel at any time. So what are you waiting for? Head down to the show notes and click the link to learn more and get signed up today. And let's make 2024 our best year yet. So I, one of the things I struggle with a lot, which is what you mentioned, which is just finding that quiet, like really having time to kind of sit in my emotion because I, what I realized is I was trying to fill every moment of every day with noise, whether that Mm -hmm. was 
chaos of my house, my kids, I was throwing myself into my business. Even when I would go for like a walk, I would put in my earbuds and I would listen to a podcast where somebody else was talking about their thing. And, but it comforted me because like you said, I was a, my brain was saying, no, this is where we're happy. We're happy focusing on what everybody else is doing and just avoiding kind of what we're feeling. And, and I would, I would go on these walks and I'd come back and I'd feel a little better because I moved my body and I got, you know, whatever kind of, sometimes I would process things through what other people were saying. Yeah. But, um, I, like I recently launched an episode on the podcast about gratitude and I talked about journaling and my kind of journey with journaling and I don't, writing is not something that comes naturally to me. I'm more of a, let's talk it out kind of person. Yep. But I found that when I was doing this gratitude journal and I would kind of write sort of how I was feeling that day, that over time I started like really paying more attention to not just, oh, I feel good or, oh, I feel content or I was irritated today or I was irritable today or whatever. Um, Really kind of looking more at, well, instead of just saying, I feel content I need to find other words and other ways to explain why I wasn't necessarily content all day. And why was it, why did I feel that way? And is that really how I want to feel? And so for me, one of my, I guess, goals, if I want to say that for this year is I want to start journaling more. I want to have become a habit of processing these thoughts um, and these emotions and these feelings on paper and so I guess my question is like, what is that a good way to do that? Or how, how should we kind of go about this? Is it something that, is there a strategy you recommend? Um, is there one way that's, you know, if some people like, I don't like to journal, is there another way to do things? Yeah. I love this because it looks different for everybody. Right. And so for you, you've found that journaling has, journaling has kind of opened up some things for you and allowed you to start to dive a little bit deeper. It's taken time, which, mm-hmm. you know, anything you've got to keep doing it for it to create some change. It definitely doesn't um, feel natural at first. Not at all. No, no, it doesn't. But for me, the way that I process feelings and tune in is getting outside and moving, but without the noise, mm-hmm. right? Which we've come accustomed, become accustomed to having the noise, Right. Mm -hmm. but it's got to be without the noise, whether it's taking a walk by yourselves out in nature or just sitting in your backyard with a cup of coffee, but being in stillness, um, which again, feels really uncomfortable. It could be listening to music and dancing it out, like just moving through your body, you know, just any type of movement really gets the mind going. Being in the shower is another great place where you have no distractions, right? Um, I know you can probably understand like that is my only time where I'm by myself with kids around all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It is an important place for me. Uh, And also not putting pressure on yourself to come up with something, right? That's the worst thing we can do. I think when you are trying to force yourself, and again, this comes from outside things like we see, let's just lay this out there. Instagram, social media, that's where all the highlight reels are, right? People are like, Ooh, look at me. I explored this and now I'm, you know, this, right? It doesn't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) And so we have to recognize that, 
you know, my journey, your journey, it's, it's a process and it's not going to happen with the snap of our fingers. We have to be patient. And I'm a big, you know, I love visualization as an athlete. It's something I use. You have to be patient with that also because the power in it is being able to see and feel at the same time. Um, there are so many apps that help you walk through those things, right? Um, so it's really dependent on the individual. Okay. Yeah. I, I like what you said about like, cause this is something I definitely struggle with is the quiet, like being able mm-hmm. to, to not have that, like I said, going for the walk and putting in my earbuds. But I, one of my favorite things is I love to build a fire, like in our little fire pit on the back patio and mm-hmm. just sit outside and I will turn on some music and it's funny because I can usually tell my mood by the type of music I listen yep. to. And yep. so it kind of a little funny, funny side story is I am an, I don't know if you are into the Enneagram, but yep. I'm an Enneagram seven. So okay. I'm typically the type of person that's like, no, let's just move on to the feel good stuff. Like yep. let's get, let's ignore and move past all of the difficult stuff and let's just feel good. So yep. when the, the new Taylor Swift album came out back over, I guess for the summer, Um, and it was all sort of this mellow, you know, like chill kind of indie music. I was like, no, that is not for me. Like I need fun and upbeat. Well, then there was one night, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and it was nice out. So I built a little campfire and I was sitting outside and I was just kind of having these weird, like unsettling emotions. I couldn't figure out like what, why I was feeling this way or what exactly I was feeling. And so I sat out there and I put in my earbuds and I listened to her entire album. And I was texting my best friend and I was like, okay, this might be an Enneagram seven and cry for help. I just listened to the entire Taylor, entire Taylor Swift album and loved it. <laughs> I was like, but I think I needed that. Like I needed that yeah. kind of mellow, chill, quiet moment, but I was able to yep. kind of process some things that way. Um, and it did, it, the music helped because it wasn't me just sitting in silence. And I think that's scary for people. The idea of, yes, I have yes. to like actually just sit in silence. Like, what do I, cause we're so used to like, we need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing something, we feel like we are wasting time or we are, you know, not being productive or whatever. And so what, I guess for people who are like listening to this and going, no, I can't, I can't do that. I yeah. can't sit with my feelings and my thoughts. Like, Mm-mm. Do you have any tips for that? Like ways to make that easier or ways to kind of ease into that? Yeah. Again, I, you know, I'm all about baby steps. Like if we do anything that feels too overwhelming, we're going to quit before we even start. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the research shows that if we sit with a feeling for 90 seconds, it will come and it will go and it's, we acknowledge it, we name it, it's gone. Okay. If you just do that, that is enough because then you can at least acknowledge it, name it. And it's very powerful when it's an icky emotion, right? Like whether it's anger or guilt or shame or, you know, any of those things where we just let it hang out with us for a minute, say what it is, and then watch it go away. Then it actually lessens the power over it. If you're experiencing a lot of that type of stuff. Um, so I think that that's important. I also think that if you're not on, if you're not comfortable being still in the quiet, then again, start small. Like it's okay if you have music on and you're just sitting, but maybe you're not doing right. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're doing, but you're not listening. Like try to figure out what you can let go of a little bit and just start there. Okay. That sounds good. 
Yeah. Okay. So moving into kind of like the idea of using this to help you set goals. So trying to figure out like, okay, I, how do I want to feel? How does that help us determine our goals for ourselves? So you've probably experienced this, but for me, what really, what really changed the way I set goals is that I would find that I would achieve the goal. Like inevitably I would achieve the goal and then I get there and be like, but I don't feel the way I thought I was going to feel right. Like I'm supposed to be happy or I'm supposed to be excited. But then instead of that, I would just be like, okay, what's the next thing? Because clearly this is not doing it right. hundred percent. Yes. Yes. So instead, if we can identify how we want to feel and then figure out what's going to help us feel that way, then we know we're going to feel that way when we get there. And even if we only make it halfway there, we're going to get closer to feeling that way than we are right now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Okay. So can you give me an example? Cause I'm trying to think like practically like what, like if I, cause I don't want to just say like, I want to feel happy. Clearly that's not gonna, that's mm-hmm. not d- defined enough. So if yeah. I said, okay, I, in 2021, I want to feel like, what would be a good emotion to say you want to feel? Cause I guess that's where I'm getting stuck. Cause I, I I'm thinking too broadly, maybe like I want to feel successful, but what does that mean? I want to feel free. What does that mean? So how do you really like niche that down? Yeah. Well, it is very much dependent on the person, right? Because success as an example, looks and feels very different for all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a loaded one because we tend to base our success on other people. Right. And we have to back out of that and identify what that is for us. But, you know, let's say that the goal is more energy. Like I just want more energy. I'm struggling with energy, emotionally, mentally, physically. I just want to feel energized, get out of bed, like excited. Also, let's just be honest. Not every day is perfect. We know that that's not going to happen all the time. (laughs) Right. But as a general rule, just want to feel more energy. Okay. Well, what does that look like? Do I need to create a goal that helps me physically? Like, is my health part of the problem? Do I need more sleep? Do I need to eat better? Um, Do I need to manage my stress? Because I know that that is impacting my energy emotionally and mentally, right? And then creating goals around that. So, you know, I'm a big, because I'm an athlete, I like to look at the goal, the audacious, like big goal, let's say just for the end of the year as like the marathon. Mm-hmm. And then what we're doing is really backing out of that marathon goal and looking at 90 days, each 90 days, right? Okay. So if energy is the thing, well, okay, identifying what that actually is going to look and feel like, right? So I like to have my clients literally write out, what is that going to look like? How will that feel? Well, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to you know, be ready to take the day. I'm going to want to exercise. I'm going to, you know, whatever that looks like, right? And then we know that that is 
somebody you're going to be, you know, a year from now, Mm -hmm. but we're not there yet. Right. Because what happens is we see that big goal a year from now and we go, well, uh, I'm not who that person is. I can't even imagine being that person. Look at me now, forget it. Not going to happen. Right. So if we can dial it back to 90 day goals, that's a, I call it a stretch, not the splits, um, where it's still an improvement, but it doesn't feel like it's impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe the 90 day goal is right now I'm only getting six hours of sleep in 90 days. I want to up that and be regularly getting seven hours of sleep. Right. Something that is obtainable that makes us feel like we're moving forward because, you know, every little thing we can do, achievement gives us that dopamine hit and we keep mm-hmm. on going and showing up, right? A lot of folks go, Kelly, that is so simple. Like, that's not enough. And I always want to challenge you or anybody I'm working with to say, but isn't it? <laughs> Because if you're only getting six and you're really tired right now, then how is seven not a big ass change for you, yeah. right? We put so much pressure on ourselves to do all the things, right? So if I said, you're going to be more energized, then somebody's going to go, well, I need to sleep eight hours a night. I need to be eating clean. I need to exercise every day. I need to be doing meditation. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's way too much. We have to yeah. get good at one thing first. And then we build on it. We've got to create the foundation in a healthy way. Otherwise it will crumble. Yeah. Like that saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, you can't. And I'm, I'm so guilty of that because I do the same thing. And even though I know better, I still fall into that habit of, okay, well, I want my life to look like, like what you said. I want to be able to wake up every day. I want to go work out every day. I want to be energized. I want to be organized in my business. I want to be organized in my home. I want to eat healthy and, and cook healthy meals for my family. And when I tr- try to do all of those things, which are not natural things for me to want to do, or that come naturally for me, it starts to all feel very difficult. And then, yeah, I just quit. So yep. I think the idea, and I like the idea too, of going, well, it's not necessarily about cooking clean, healthy meals for my family every night. It's about, I want us to feel healthier. I want us to be making healthier choices. I want us yeah. to, you know, feel like we are in control of our food versus our, our food, you know, kind of just fitting into yeah. our day. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a big difference. I like that kind of mindset shift a lot. Right. And you're not comparing your situation to somebody who's been eating clean for mm-hmm. 20 years and trying to meet that criteria, right? Yeah. It's about me where you're at, which as a society, we have to do because there's so many voices out there. Well, you should be here, but you're like way over here, right? Yeah. Sorry, people can't see us. <laughs> Other side of the screen. <laughs> um, and, and that's just not realistic. And like you said, you will quit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, another example could be, you know, for you, it's your business, right? So maybe you want more security, let's say, right? Or want to feel financially secure. Well, that's a big goal and identifying what that looks like, maybe getting really specific about the numbers and how many hours you're working instead of, you know, all of that stuff, right? And then you back it out to 90 days and you don't have to focus on that end goal so much. And it takes the weight off of it 
And instead you're looking at, okay, in 90 days, I want to, you know, be bringing in this much more income or working on this specific project or have this specific thing done, right? Again, we're making it simple because like piling it on is just recipe for disaster and nothing will, you'll end up with nothing instead of, you know, just making some progress. Okay. So one of the last kind of things I want to touch on before we sort of wrap up for today is let's say, okay, I love the idea of, like you said, breaking it down, making it like just 90 days, like focus on one thing, you know, like I said, or you mentioned with the more energy, you know, focus on getting that seven hours instead of six hours, focus on Mm -hmm. going to bed at this time instead of binge watching Netflix till whatever, you know? And so do you have a suggestion for not necessarily how to track that, but maybe like how to, to stay motivated to the point, because I know for me, I have a hard time and you mentioned certainly on like celebrating successes. And Mm -hmm. so if I get to that 90 day and I'm like, okay, well now I've done seven hours of sleep. All right, let's move on. But I want to make sure that we're not just doing it to check it off a box that we're doing it. And that we're sort of self-checking or self-reflecting on, is this really working for us? Is like, what are some ways to do that? But just, just so we're not going through the motions of, well, I set this for 90 days, I'm going to do it. I'm going to check it off and I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things. First of all, I think it's really important. And I do this with my clients before you get started to acknowledge what excuses, you know, are going to come up, right? Ooh, because good. they're going to yeah. come up and they're BS right? Because we know that the brain just throws them out because it doesn't want to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can acknowledge them at the front end of things, then when they come up, we can go, yeah, no, I knew you were going to (laughs) come. Thanks for showing up, but I don't need you right now, right? Um, And so that's important. I am a big believer in celebrating milestones. So it could be every week you reflect on where your progress is, how you're feeling, are you moving in the right direction? A lot of times what happens when we set goals and we start moving towards them is if we maybe have a setback, like let's say you get sick and you know your goal is to be more active well, you're going to have to slow down for a little while. That doesn't mean you stop chasing the goal. Mm-hmm. It means you allow yourself to pivot, right? If we get in the car and we follow a GPS to get to the destination and there's a traffic jam or an accident or roof construction going on, the car is not going to tell you to go home. It's going to say, okay, you have this issue uh, up ahead. You need to go this way. And so that's also really important to, to give yourself permission to pivot. And if you don't reach the goal in the 90 days, let's say honoring how far you have come, right? Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't always look the way we thought it was going to look, but progress is progress. And the tracking, going back to your question, sorry, I went off on a little tangent, but no, no, that's fine. Um, Tracking can look different, but I love things to be measurable so that you can see some progress. You don't have to be 
obsessed with it. You don't have to be critical about it, but it gives you some awareness around where you're at and, and how you're moving. And let's say 30 days in, you reach the seven. I mean, we'll go back to the sleep. You reach mm-hmm. seven. You're like consistently sleeping seven hours. Well, then that might require that you can add in something else, right? Maybe you bump that to more sleep. Or if you like seven hours, it could be that you then add something else that helps you feel energy, right? Whether it's meditation or um, your diet or something like that. We have to keep it free flowing. Like it doesn't have to be rigid and we get in trouble there where the perfectionism comes out and then the rules come out and that takes away the fun. Then Mm -hmm. we lose ourselves in all the rules and the checking off the boxes and we no longer are doing what we set out to do. Yeah. I think that's a good point. The rules thing like that. I get so in my head about that. I know I see a lot of other people do that, that it's like, well, but I'm supposed to do it this way, or I'm supposed to follow this path or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's so true. We have to, and I say this in business all the time. I don't know why I can't translate it over to my, you know, own personal life, but there are no rules. Like there, who are these people that you think are setting the rules and why do they get to set the rules? Like it's your life, it's your journey. And you know, I, yeah, I just think it's so important to remind ourselves. And this is again, kind of going back to my journaling thing for me, what I've noticed in the past when I have done this is that, you know, you mentioned the whole, like the goal is to feel differently, not just to check a box off of our to-do list for the year. It's to feel and live differently. And so I know, you know, when you kind of start getting used to a feeling or an emotion, it becomes one of those things where it's like, well, haven't, have I always felt this way? Have I, you know, you see it go both ways. The example of health, you know, people who um, get out of the habit, like I used to work out all the time. I was really fit and healthy. I ran all the time. I couldn't imagine not living that lifestyle. Then I had two kids and Mm -hmm. a job I didn't love. And then I started building a business and then a second business and things just kind of snowballed. And I don't live that same healthy lifestyle that I did. And it's hard to remember how that lifestyle felt because yes. over time I gradually got into this other feeling. And yeah. so the, the reverse can happen too of, okay, well, you're 30 days into this seven hour sleep pattern and now this feels normal to you. And yes. so for me, I think it's going to be a matter of like being able to go back into that journal or into whatever it is that I was you know, however people are tracking kind of their emotions and being able to say, Oh no, 30 days ago, I did not feel like this mm-hmm. because I think we forget sometimes, yep. you know, and it's hard to remember like, yeah, I did feel really sluggish. And I was, I was always, I needed coffee and caffeine. I needed something at like 10 AM and then at two and then at five. And, and now I can get by with my 8 AM coffee and I'm good. You know, like little markers like that, I think will help yep. people not forget where they came from and really realize I have made a difference. This is making a change. Exactly. Exactly. And really honoring that and recognizing, oh my gosh, like this seemed overwhelming, but here I am. And now I can add to this. You know, I often use the example of, you know, I, I train for marathons and when I set out to start training for the next race, I am nowhere near where I need to be for my goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the plan looks scary if I look two months out, but if I just focus on the day I'm in and do that workout and the things that are necessary that day, then 
I'm not getting in my head and getting overwhelmed and I can acknowledge that I did that thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then a month from now, I can look back and go, wow, I thought that this was going to be hard, but I'm ready for it because I built this foundation. And to your point, like we do that every day. We do that habit and we don't even feel it when we get to the thing that we thought was going to be hard. And we have to honor that. And so whether it's keeping track in a journal or writing out, like when I work with folks, we literally create a strategy and a plan and, you know, then you can deviate from it and do all those things. But at least it gives you some foundation and some structure uh, because that is more freeing, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, yeah. We all like to have a box to fit in a little bit sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I love all of this and it's so inspiring and it makes me like ready to kind of get out there and create some, some goals for the year and for the 90 days. So for people who are... I guess looking at this going, well, I'm so used to saying like, okay, my goal is to make X amount of dollars and, or my goal is to like, I come from kind of a photography background. So we'll kind of use that as an example, but my goal is to book this many sessions each month. And my goal is to, um, you know, I don't know, whatever else other goals people might have, but what do you say to people who, who feel like they need to have that sort of traditional system of goals? Like, what would you want them to do in order to still feel like I can, you can have that goal of, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, but how do you turn that into something that's a little bit more like you were talking about the emotional side of it? My first question would be, why do you want that? Okay. Is it because somebody else is telling you that you should, or do you actually want it? Right. We've got to get honest with ourselves there. I've, I've run into that myself in my business where I fell into the, everybody's telling me I should want to make X amount of dollars in my business. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but do I? Yeah. Do I, wait a minute. No, actually, mm-hmm. that's not the goal. So ask yourself, do I really want this and why? And if you do, then cool, work towards that. But identify and make sure that that goal is in alignment with how you want to feel right? Is it going to give you that feeling when you get there? Really dig into that. Um, And, you know, I'm a big, I use a lot of, we do a lot of work with core values in my work. So, you know, is that goal in alignment with who you are and what you believe in and what you want, right? If it isn't, get rid of it. You know, we are the only ones who really care. And if there are other people that are putting pressure and all those things, well, that's an act of courage, right? Um, did I answer your question? Yeah. I, it made me think of one more thing I was going to say, and then we'll kind of wrap up. But, um, you know, you mentioned like, is it because somebody else is telling you? And I think for a lot of people, it is, you know, you mentioned social media. I think that's a big part of it. And I think that there's a lot of people on social media who are out there saying like, like you mentioned, like my way is the way and follow my path and do these things. Mm-hmm. And, Um, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says, if you do things exactly like I did them, you will have X results. And it's, that's just not like you mentioned to me and like, you're like, I don't tell you how to do them. I help guide you through the process. I'm not prescriptive. Yeah. No. And I think that's mm -mm. our biggest downfall is that we have, and I see it in the photography world. I see it in the business world where people are like, buy this course. And if you follow my simple five-step process, 
then you will be making six figures in three months. And that's just BS. It's not And if you don't, you're going to feel like a complete failure. Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to people who are, oh, I mean, everybody really, but you know, we all are looking for answers to questions. We're all looking for someone to help us kind of to guide us or or direct us in in a path that we should go. But how do we avoid falling into that trap of, they're just telling me what I should be doing. And now I'm stuck in that, that place of my goals aren't really the goals I want to have. So how do we avoid that? Yeah. So this comes back to self-trust, right? I did a whole podcast on this. I can give you the link. I can't remember which number it is. Um, But this is really at the heart of a lot of this, where we have lost our ability to trust ourselves, to know what's best for ourselves, to tap into that, right? Because the answers are all inside of us. And if we listen, then we can really find the answers, right? Like, oh, whoa, that doesn't feel good. I'm going to go this way um, with business, right? Or with how I'm eating and moving. Uh, That's not really my thing. I'm going to go this way, right? But we don't do that. And so again, it's letting go of all that noise and it's saying, okay, what works for Kendra in this area might not work for me, but I am going to figure out what works for me. I might fumble. I might make a few mistakes, but that's all part of the process and it's going to get me closer to the answer, right? We've got to be open to that. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm going to add one little thing onto that, which is I am a fan of unfollowing people on social media. (laughs) So I... If if it is somebody, and I think about this like in the health and wellness industry, you know, like if, if I'm following somebody and they are just constantly, you know, out there going like, if you follow this, you can look like me. Or, you know, if you eat the way, if you eat these protein shakes that taste like cardboard, you can feel the way right. I feel, you know, mm. and I'm like, unfollow, unfollow, because I'm just like, I don't need that. And the same thing with even like in the business world or other photographers I follow or whatever, like if you are, if you find yourself falling into that trap of this person makes me feel a way that I don't enjoy, then it's okay to unfollow. It's okay to unfriend. It's okay to do those things because it's more important to focus on your mental health and you control what comes in. And so don't worry about What's even if it's somebody that you're friends with or somebody that you're related to, it's okay to say that that may work for you. It is not going to work for me, and I respect the differences. And I'm we're I'm just going to have to like follow you in a different way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer in unfollowing mm-hmm. all the time and just staying off of social media as much as you can because yes. it is a distraction. It does create a lot of extra anxiety and overwhelm mm-hmm. that we just don't need, especially right now. And, and again, it, it takes us away from actually tuning into ourselves. And yeah. there's so much out there right now of people who are just out to make money and they're going to do it any way they can. And they're going to use their method because they think that that's the thing that's going to sell and it's prescriptive and it's a box and I'm trying to get people out of the box. (laughs) This is your life. You get to choose and finding that power and learning that you have the answers and, and learning to trust yourself and pay attention to what you need and want is so, so powerful. 
Yeah. And I think just as you were talking, it made me think that, you know, it hit me. One of the goals I have for me of a way I want to feel is I want to feel, um, and I just had the word and it kind of left my mind, but I want to feel more, I guess, content in mm-hmm. myself and my, in my place. Um, yes. I have a natural tendency to compare myself and to always be thinking, Oh, well, maybe I should be doing this because this person, or maybe at my house needs to look like that. My house doesn't look like that, you know, or I don't drive that kind of car or my kids yeah. don't that my, you know, my daughter's hair isn't perfectly braided every day or whatever. And I think that a good goal for me, and I'm going to say this in here so that everybody listening can help hold me accountable to this is that I need to spend less time on social media. I need to yes. keep track, you know, the little, was it the screen time on your phone that tells you how much yep. time you're spending in different apps um, or, you know, limit my app user amount of time I can use each day. Like I do for my own kids on their, you know, different apps on their iPad yep. and stuff. I need to do more of that because I notice that when I spend more time in my own world, as opposed to the virtual world, I'm much happier. I'm much more productive. I'm much more kinder to myself. And yep. so I definitely think that's going to be one of my goals. So my first 90 days of 2021, my goal is to reduce my screen time by one hour a day. Yes. And <laughs> I'm going to just challenge you to not check it for like the first hour of your day. Okay. Yeah. I can do Don't that. let all that in. Like we just let other people into our life and that completely just derails us at the yeah. beginning of the day. I love that. And I think it's an important one for most people, especially right now. It's just, have you seen the film, uh, the documentary, The Social Dilemma? Mm -hmm. And I've listened to, I I follow um, Dak Shepard's podcast, The Armchair Expert. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And they had one of the guys, Tristan, on there. He was Uh the uh, main guy. I think in fact, he kind of helped create the documentary. He was the one that left Google and now he runs like a humane tech company and they kind of dove deeper into the the conversation. And like, I've just been, it it was really, it was a great conversation. And I've been listening to a lot of different people who have had those same kind of topics on their podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's so many things that, you know, I feel like we are going down a really poor rabbit hole on and we don't know the lasting results yet but any little thing we can do. And I think, you know, for a lot of people listening there, they have the same dilemma I have, which is, you know, it's a necessary evil because we need social media for our business and it helps our business grow. But at the same time, personally, it is causing us to have more anxiety, more stress, more overwhelm, that whole comparison thing. And so it's trying to find that balance of using it, but not letting it consume us. It's, and you know, the bottom line is it's a distraction too. Like Mm -hmm. those 20 minutes you spend scrolling, you could be doing something to work on your goal. Like it could be something you're doing. You could be journaling. It could be moving. It could be, you know, working on a project, like undistracted time. And you've given me another idea. So that first hour of the day that I'm not using social media, and that's when I'm going to do my journaling. Awesome. Yeah. Because really that's what it is. And, and it, what it is, it's a nut, it's a numbing tool for many of us, right? Like, Oh, I don't want to sit in my own feelings. I don't want to deal with this thing. I'm going to scroll. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. So that could be a whole episode in itself. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for all this. This was a great conversation. I think you've given us a lot to work on and think about. So tell everybody how they can find you, listen to your podcast, follow along with you, learn more from you or even work with you. Yeah. Thank you so much again. This was a fun conversation. I Okay. So a couple of things. I'm... <laughs> I'm not on social media a lot because I have rules around it, but uh, you can find me at Kelly T Health mostly on Instagram. Uh, and if you want to know the behind the scenes of my messy life, you can definitely see it there. Um, I, in terms of what I have going on, I have I host a free workshop around goal setting. It's called Clear AF, <laughs> getting clear on what you want. So really Love diving it. into what we talked about today, and I host it um, once a month. Um, so you can check that out and I'll provide you with the link for that. And then I also have um, a mastermind called Ascend that I open up um, three times a year for folks that want to take that even further and have the support and the community um, to make that stuff happen and to really have the accountability in place and all of the things. Um, so those are the things I do. And, you know, if you haven't figured out, the foundation of a lot of my work is really making sure we're taking care of ourselves and our well-being is priority, right? Mental and emotional mm-hmm. health. And so we do a lot of that work and create the habits that allow us to thrive and actually show up to do the work. Awesome. Oh my gosh. And well, I know I'm definitely going to be checking out your podcast and um, some of your, your free trainings and all that kind of stuff. So I really, really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, have a great day and we'll talk soon. You too. Oh my goodness, there was so much greatness in that conversation. Thank you, thank you to Kelly for being a part of the show. I am constantly amazed at the quality and level of expertise that we have in our guests here on the Girl Means Business podcast. And I know that there's just so much more to come. So thank you, thank you to everyone who is making this podcast possible. Make sure you are following Kelly on social media. Go download her free goal setting planning guide that she has available. I'll have that all linked below in the show notes and let her know that you enjoyed this conversation. I know it would mean a lot to her to hear that. All right, guys, before we go today, I want to remind you of a couple of things. One, if you liked today's episode or any of the other episodes you've been listening to, please go leave us a review over on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate that. And secondly, if you are on Clubhouse, come find me, come join me. Let's share a room or host a room together. Let's have a chat. I am at Kendra May. I'm hosting rooms every Wednesday, and then I'm in there every other day sort of helping out, co-hosting other rooms as well. So make sure you come find me, follow along. If you're not on Clubhouse or you're wondering what Clubhouse is, send me a DM. I'm happy to share any invites that I have or answer any questions that you might have about the new app. All right, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. I will see you back here next week, same time, same place.